Welcome to season two of Talks and Sips. I'm Jess. And I am Ceci. How you doing, girl? What you sipping? <laughs> I feel like when I ask this question, I'm I'm giving my best Wanda. I, is it Wanda Sykes? Who do they? How you doing, girl? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, sure. I don't know who that is, but <laughs> I am drinking a pumpkin spice latte out of my have a knife day mug <laughs> I, I feel like this is very fitting for this episode good job it is because if you turn it because <laughs> if you turn it around it's michael hey <laughs> yeah there's like blood dripping down and once you get to the bottom there's a little knife at the end so <laughs> the reward for your bevy yes uh, <laughs> what about you um out of the best cup in the house Best Grammy ever. <laughs> uh, I've been I've been sick, as you know, so I've been like just. In, I think this is a tea you got me for my birthday. It's like a blackberry, like cinnamon, blueberry, mm. something, something. And honestly, because otherwise I'd be inhaling the green tea all the time, but that has caffeine, and then the chamomile yeah. will make me sleepy. So there needs to be like <laughs> something that's in the middle, and yeah, I was a like, balance. Mm-hmm. And it's literally what <laughs> it says on the package. It's like balanced blend or something like that so yeah the perfect match (laughs) yeah i yeah i need it right now because it's it's bad um but yeah yeah it is film week again and it's a spooky one we know we're not in october but we couldn't let it slide without something spooky Mm. so i actually (laughs) i actually just saw nightmare alley this week this past week for you guys like two weeks ago (laughs) and I was pleasantly surprised it's definitely worth a watch the cast is great good acting good story for the most part so it's a good surprise (laughs) see I still haven't seen it as expected like what else we write but I had you know I had all the good feelings for this one and you know it's based Mm -hmm. off the cast and based off of our boy Guillermo del Toro so yes I'm (laughs) I'm really happy it's films week (laughs) Mm. yeah he definitely like recovered even though he didn't direct it he produced antlers which was like kind of a disappointment <laughs> so that's why i was like eh. mm. but it was good it was good cc cc you're back in cc's good grace guillermo del toro <laughs> you're on my good side you're on my right side <laughs> <laughs> well we have another case of the toxin sips multiverse as well you know we mentioned with pre-recording timelines get jumbled and scream did just come out this past friday i saw it on saturday Jess, do you think you would have seen it by now? Um, I'd like to say yes, but it's less probable that it might have not happened or <laughs> that it might have happened. I know me too well because, you know, the whole self-awareness and all that. But I'm going to say no. Uh, probably not. Maybe after I hear this and feel guilty. Also, somehow, social media somehow knows you know, not to give me spoilers. So for example, (laughs) with Spider-Man, it wasn't until the night I got home that like, yeah, they started (laughs) spoiling me up. And I was like, man, how did they know? Because it took me like five (laughs) days, six days, and I didn't see anything, anything, anything. Mind you, I was a little bit off social, but still like, how did they know? Because as soon as I got into bed, it was like, spoilers. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we live in a simulation and somehow social will wait <laughs> to give me spoilers until after I watch it. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. 
As we know now, the latest Scream movie came out four days ago. Here is a little plot of the Scream. This scream, not the scream. In yeah. and they did that thing, you know, like with mm-hmm. Final Destination, the Final Destination. Like all you did was put a the in there, my guy. But yeah, this is for the. See, I did it again. The scream in 2022. All right, that's my movie trailer voice. <clears throat> Twenty-five years after the original series of murders in Woodsboro, a new killer emerges, and Sydney Prescott must return to uncover the truth. At some point, you got to think like, <laughs> "All right, this is none of my business anymore." <laughs> but you gotta handle yourself. <laughs> I can't be coming back to this town, you guys. Um, how do you feel they did? Um, with the movie itself. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say, you know, with multiverse and everything, <laughs> mm-hmm. from what I've seen, I do like that they're doing the whole like, oh, they're related to the original people. That's pretty fun. And from the trailers, I don't know. It's just that shot from when Ghostface is like, it's looking up at him. He has a knife. It's a really cool shot. Mm-hmm. Like it's the money shot right there for the trailer. I don't have my hopes up too much because <laughs> you can't have your hopes up too no. much. With, not just slasher movies, but just horror movies in general. They're very hard to do. and Well, they make them hard to do. <laughs> so I'm hoping it was good. But yeah, I'll I'll leave it up to the big man upstairs to make it work. <laughs> the horror enthusiast upstairs. Okay, well, in honor of this rad franchise and them going... For it again, uh, we're breaking down the impact the original Scream had on the industry and pop culture. We'll give you all the nitty gritty we discovered along the way, of course. And, you know, first up, Ceci, when do you think they released the first Scream movie ever? Well, I knew that it was like just a f- couple, maybe a few years before I was born. And I was born in 99. So I'm not mind boggling, guys. <laughs> <laughs> This movie's older than I am. I am going to guess 97. You're really close. So the first Scream was released on December 20th, 1996. That mm. puts this film today at 25 years and just shy of 25 years and one month. Because we're, yeah. you know, <laughs> how awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. There is another franchise that I adore that I, I just can't help to. I just love them so <laughs> much. And that's the scary movie franchise. Mm. They're so silly. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes the jokes just do not land. Um, but you got to give them the credit for managing to, like, combine a boatload of different horror stories and movies into one <laughs> singular story. That's hard to do. Interestingly (laughs) enough, the original title of the film was Scary Movie. Coincidence? (laughs) So Scream was almost Scary Movie. That would have been funny. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) So it was ultimately changed to Scream by the Weinstein brothers, the producers, you know, that power producer power. (laughs) The power producer (laughs) power. Uh, (laughs) At the time, they were the head of the film's production company, Miramax. So, of course, the name was changed mid-production because Harvey Weinstein was, like, listening to Michael Jackson's song Scream or whatever uh, (laughs) in his car. And his brother, Bob, was also, I guess they just rode in the same car car i don't know and they both like (laughs) just they really like the title for a horror movie so they're like we're gonna change it imagine having Mm. to reprint all those scripts yeah you know actually like just a little side note i had a teacher 
I don't know if I could say his name or not, so I'm not going to. <laughs> but he worked he worked really closely with the Weinstein brothers, mm. and he would tell us horror stories oh, about man. mainly it was mainly Harvey. He said Bob was just kind of there. He was a go with the flow type of guy, but yeah, they would they would get into some trouble. <laughs> And they were obviously. like, obviously, as we came to discover, <laughs> if you want us to cover the story of, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, the film was also partially inspired by a real life story. Screenwriter Kevin Williamson was partially inspired by a real life series of student murders in Gainesville, Florida in 1990, perpetrated by killer Danny Harold Rowling, who was later dubbed the Gainesville Ripper. Williams was also inspired by John Carpenter's 1978 classic horror, Halloween, his favorite movie. And if this movie didn't have enough twists and turns, the screenplay also caused major twists and turns in Hollywood, stirring a fierce bidding war over the screenplay. Ultimately, Williamson, the screenwriter, accepted Dimensions Films' offer of $400,000. It could have been directed by George Romero or Sam Raimi. For those that don't know, George Romero had directed Night of the Living Dead in 1968, Season of the Witch in 1972, The Crazies in 1973, Dawn of the Dead, and Day of the Dead. So he knew how to make scary. I mean, yeah. Yeah, an original scary because all of these got remakes later on, mm -hmm. but he was the title holder <laughs> of the OG scaries. So he would have been a great option. Um, Sam Raimi, whom we've mentioned before on here, was responsible for the original Spider-Man films. He had also done The Evil Dead in 1981 and Army of Darkness in 1992. But these fellows ultimately did turn down the proj and, you know, actually... Fun fact, Wes Craven had turned it down, too. <laughs> and he only came back because uh, it wasn't until Drew Barrymore, my girl, agreed to, to appear in the film as the lead role of Sidney Prescott. Oh, by the way, <laughs> Drew Barrymore was set to star, but she changed her mind five weeks before filming. And uh, then she suggested she play Casey Becker, the teen who was terrorized in the opening scene. And she wanted to cleverly uh, subvert audiences' expectations. She said that, you know, a star of her statue, you know, wouldn't, shouldn't survive. Like, we should, we should mess with people because someone as <laughs> famous as her would normally survive. But she's like, what if I don't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so clever. And her scene took five days to shoot, and she was the heck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> the killer's iconic mask was a simple, off-the-shelf Halloween mask, believe it or not. Craven and a producer found it at a house <laughs> that they were location scouting. And Cece, want to share to, with the people what location scouting is? Yeah, location scouting typically is you'll like I don't know how it was back then because I wasn't born <laughs> but now <laughs> you know if you're filming anything and you're thinking oh I want something that fits this aesthetic if you're looking for a bar or a certain type of place you can find like literally google and it'll show places that allow filming or stages itself and scouting is when you and the the heads 
or the keys. I don't know the difference between those two just yet. I call them the same thing, but it's the main crew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll go out and everybody will have their little checklist like, oh, it sound good in this area. Oh, can we get some like grids up for lighting? Um, obviously, producers with money and whatnot and director if it's their vision. So just making sure that the location itself fits what everyone was imagining for the film or TV show. Okay, OMG. At some point, Bob Weinstein was like, the mask is not scary enough. (laughs) (laughs) So he almost full on replaced Craven as a director because he was so uninspired. (laughs) So Craven and the editor, because, you know, BFFs like low key, they don't tell you that, um, (laughs) had to come up with visual work print dailies of the opening scene. And it ultimately convinced Bob. Uh, This one was a fun one. Linda Blair you know, the star of The Exorcist, she made a cameo. She was one of the news reporters in a bright orange sweater. She also confronts Sydney in Dewey's police car. So how does it feel to be almost brutally butchered? Hey, hey, no, People want to know. They have a right to know. How does it feel? Hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, right? Crazy. <laughs> the high school they used was a community center. The high school that they had planned to use bailed last minute because they didn't want to promote violence. <laughs> the final scene took 21 nights to shoot. The 42-minute final act taking place entirely during the party at Stu's house took 21 successive oof, that was hard for my lisp uh, <laughs> nights to shoot. The cast and crew jokingly called it the longest night in horror history. Like, it was just a long night. It sounds like it. (laughs) The original film was revolutionary as it carried itself while calling out all the horror movie tropes. But it also used them at the same time. Yeah. Someone who worked at a movie store via Reddit said... I worked in a video store when the original Scream came out, and one thing I remember that no one has mentioned yet is that seemingly every horror movie for the next five years after Scream used the same type of poster. The posters for The Faculty and I Know What You Did Last Summer come to mind. It it was, like, I guess, what would you say, contagious. You know, it was like when the movie came out, it was a big hit. It was well written. It was well directed. And then anything after that, because if you have seen the posters for like the the faculty and um, I know what you did last summer, like, yeah, it's very, very similar Similar, for sure. They wanted to jump on the bandwagon. They're like, this is it. This is hot. Let's do this. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so Scream ultimately redefined the final girl. It shocked audiences by introducing the concept of two killers instead of one and gave us one of the most legendary horror openings of all time. Scream was a cultural phenomenon and it got parodied a ton too. I mean, hence scary movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember being little and seeing people running around with those masks at Halloween time and it was just eerily like affordable. It was simple. It was <laughs> in like yeah everybody was the killer from scream one year it was crazy i mean i could say i think scream was the first scary movie that my grandpa saw not saw but like i was with him while he just had it playing and i wasn't old enough to like fully comprehend 
So I just know that the ghost face, like, I remember that from early childhood. <laughs> yeah, it's like cemented it to your mind. Yeah. Ooh, okay. So one of my favorite memories are, was, you know, after Scary Movie came out and they made, they started producing the, like, pothead version of Ghostface. Yo. What's up? <laughs> What you doing, son? Nothing. Just chilling. Killing. True, true. Like, what's up? Yeah. Oh, I love that version. It makes it less scary. <laughs> <laughs> and since they basically started the pop culture phrasing and phrases, and it reminds me of like early memes, really. Uh, here are a few of my favorite from the movie, and we'll just take turns reading them out. Yeah, so I'll be, um, this one's Gail Weathers. If I'm right about this, I could save a man's life. Do you know what that would do for my book sales? <laughs> so good. <laughs> Stu, I'm feeling a little woozy here. <laughs> I feel you. I've been feeling like this for the last two weeks. <laughs> Tatum Riley. I don't remember this character off the top of my head, so I don't know the voice. Wait, but, uh, when you read it, it'll it'll go ding. We'll see. <laughs> no, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. <laughs> Does it come back? No, it doesn't. I haven't seen the movie since last when we went for your birthday. Oh, it's uh, what's her what's her freaking face? The one who went bald. She was really strong in the <laughs> Me Too movement. She came out in Charlie. No, was it not not Charlie's Angel? It was like Charmed, and she was one of the sisters. Honestly, Rose, Rose McGowan. I, <laughs> she, honestly, <laughs> I mix up the cast of Scary Movie and Scream a lot. So. Oh, it's so close. <laughs> like, I'm thinking of a blonde, but I'm pretty sure I'm thinking of the one from Scary. Oh, Movie. probably, but it, she is a blonde. Yeah, she okay. is a blonde. Uh, anyway, Randy, he goes. Uh, I never thought I'd be so happy to be a virgin. <laughs> And Ghostface, the infamous line, what's your favorite scary movie? You see what we just did there? We freaking did it, all right? <laughs> we just said the name of the episode. Whoa, in the episode! We're one of those now. Yay! <laughs> and then Randy goes, there are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. And they end up being wrong since Sydney emerges as the final girl. Uh, and if you don't know what the final girl is, it's the last girl or woman alive to confront the killer, mm -hmm. ostensibly the one left to tell the story. We list the rules in a toxic sips. Oh, it's so hard. I'm <laughs> sicky, you guys. We list the rules in a toxic sips episode. So you're just going to have to check those out to find out what those rules are. Mm -hmm. And Scream Queens and Final Girls tend to go hand in hand, in my opinion. So here is a handful of iconic Scream Queens. <laughs> Scream Queens. Oh, my goodness. And let us know if you agree. And here we go. We're just going to list them off one at a time-ish. Yeah. So we have Grace Kelly in 1954 from Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. I have a hard time saying his name. <laughs> it is really hard. There's Janet Leigh in Hitch Hitchcock's Psycho. You, see? Hold on. Jess has a typo here. Yeah, it's not great. And it says, it says Hot Chocks. Hot Chocks. What? Hot Chocks. 
Hitchcocks. Um, and she came out in Psycho, even if she was only in the first act. <laughs> and we have is Jamie Lee Curtis. She's taking us back to John Carpenter's 1978 Halloween. Nave Campbell, Scream. I mean, what are we even talking about here, guys? <laughs> Heather Langenkamp as Nancy Thompson in The Nightmare on Elm Street. Then there's Marilyn Burns in Toby Hooper's original 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sigourney Weaver from the Alien movies In Space, No Way Can Hear You Scream. Ooh. <laughs> One of my favorites, Tolly Collette from Hereditary. She was also in Nightmare Alley. She was really good. Oh, and so- The Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. Vera Farmiga, Bates Motel, all the Conjuring films. She's got a special place in my heart. And mm-hmm. new on the scene, but crushing it, Anna Taylor Joy. She's done The Witch, which, if you guys have ever seen it, it's just like a progression of freaky. Uh, <laughs> the mm-hmm. Lighthouse and The Last Night in Soho and Split. Yeah, she's really good. We also have Naomi Watts in The Ring. And Sarah Paulson, you know, since so she carried. Uh, American <laughs> Horror Story on her back, pretty much. <laughs> that whole show. <laughs> and lastly, Lupita Nyong'o in Us. And a yeah. total queen. All of them. Scream queens. <laughs> but before we move on, let's not forget this one. You know, she is a great gal. And she isn't one to always scream in fear, but she screams. And <laughs> it's Sherry Moon Zombie. Some may know her as Rob Zombie's wife and as Baby from The Devil's Rejects and A House of a Thousand Corpses. Mm-hmm. Last year for my B-Day, I grabbed a posse of friends and we headed to the cemetery. Let me explain. <laughs> 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 On my 30th birthday last year, I was breaking out of my people-pleasing ways, but in truest Leo fashion, I knew I had to do something for my B-Day that I felt was going to be fun for me, but also... Fun for the people I wanted closest to me at the start of a new decade. I wanted to go skating, so I dragged friends out to do that. Um, still trying to get Ceci to do it with me on a regular basis. I always show her lime green skates to entice her. She does. It's, She's like, what size are you? What size are you? Oh, look, there's some lime, and they're on sale. Uh, these are great. These feel nice. Anyway, then some of us went out to eat, and at the end of the day, a handful of us with the remaining energy went out to watch an outdoor movie at Hollywood Forever Cemetery. It was hosted by Sinespia and was a double feature. The thing I wanted to do the most that day was to watch Scream, ironically. And outdoors at a cemetery with snacks and booze and lawn chairs with my friends. Like, that just sounds so fun to me. Uh, So we did just that. And only two of my buddies stayed for Scream 2. And the rest of us ended up bailing because we were pooped from a full day of activities. We will post it. We got to bed early here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 10. (laughs) And that movie started at 10. So I was like, whoa, we're pushing our luck here. We're going to end up posting a picture so you guys can see it. Um, so many years later, uh, and they have found new ways to keep on making money, you guys. <laughs> and as a faithful audience, we're like, shut up and take my money. So yep. <laughs> do you remember the cemetery being packed out? What COVID, right? Yeah. And uh, at the opening scene, people were actually quoting dialogue lines and everything. So it was super fun. Yeah. Throughout the whole movie, you just hear... A wave of people saying the same thing. Yep, <laughs> quoting all those infamous lines we went through. 
So with the return of the Scream franchise, a part of me can't help but think this is a money grab. Mm. You know, compared <laughs> compared to other franchises, this one actually doesn't have as many films as the others. But something about the time in between just makes it feel a little suspicious. Mm. <laughs> I haven't watched the Scream movies in a while. The last time I saw the original Scream was again for Jess's birthday. Mm. And that was like, what? Over six months ago, I yeah. would think. And I have a not good memory. <laughs> it's on HBO Max if you yeah. if you get time. <laughs> oh, okay. But from what I can remember, I think all of them sat well with me except for Scream 3. And I honestly can't even give you a reason why. <laughs> I just, I don't know. For whatever reason, my brain's like, we don't like that one. <laughs> so I'd say there's a 50-50 chance that this movie will be pretty good compared to eh, just another sequel. However, I am a sucker for horror movies no matter what like it could be super bad and i'll be like yeah it was it was pretty good (laughs) (laughs) kind of like the halloween reboot (laughs) so the halloween franchise has four technically five different timelines uh michael's a busy guy (laughs) it could get a little confusing but you know no worries i'll do my best to make it all make sense So the original timeline is the 1978 Halloween, as well as Halloween 2. It skips the third and goes to Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. And the sixth movie, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. And I love how the names of each film just change by one word. It's the blank of Michael Myers. (laughs) So this was all released like sequentially, but you might be asking, why is Halloween 3 Season of the Witch not in there? Well, they wanted to go for more of an anthology take after the first and second film did so well. If you didn't know, Michael Myers isn't even in Halloween 3. (laughs) So yeah, you wouldn't have to watch any of the first two films to understand this one. It's a standalone. And the movie itself is technically considered its own timeline, even though it's Again, it's just one single movie, so that's that extra timeline thrown in there. (laughs) I'm so confused. Who's the antagonist? (laughs) Oh, well, we'll we'll save that for later, but it's a whole different thing. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, Side note, Michael and Loomis both died in Halloween 2, but because this third anthology movie didn't perform as well as they wanted to, they just brought them back. (laughs) So it's I think like, it's safe to say it's like the what is it the daytime novellas uh the white people ones like time was it days of our lives oh. <laughs> and the, the ticking times of sand like how did you how they died like three years ago <laughs> it's yeah that's essentially what Halloween for is. <laughs> yeah so I think it's safe to say the whole franchise is a money grab <laughs> the next timeline is Halloween as well as the second. And from there, it goes straight to Halloween H2O and ends with Halloween Resurrection. At some point in the timeline, I don't think they ever show it. It's kind of an off-screen death, which is horrible for this character. (laughs) Uh, Laurie Strode, the franchise's OG final girl slash Michael's sister, does die. But this timeline makes it so that she never did die. (laughs) So she's still alive. (laughs) And that's pretty much the rest of this timeline. You know, the people wanted Jamie Lee Curtis back. Moving on, we have the timeline from the Rob Zombie reboot. And Rob's take on the franchise really focused on Michael's trauma and his childhood. That 
like eventually led to him killing his sister. And he reused the same characters but put his own Rob Zombie twist on it. If you've ever seen a Rob Zombie movie, you know exactly what I mean. <laughs> or if you just listen to his music, really. I mean, they all they all hurt you emotionally, spiritually, your eyes. <laughs> yeah, your eyes. And there's a lot of boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boobs. So the first one did pretty well. So, of course, that came with the second. And that one really didn't deliver. So they kind of just put it to rest. <laughs> and on to our final timeline. For now, as of 2022, <laughs> we have the original Halloween, 1978, and then the 2018 Halloween, Halloween Kills, which came out last year, 2021, and Halloween Ends, that's set to come out October 14th of this year, 2022. So when the 2018 sequel was announced, it was a little confusing. Many people thought it was going to be another reboot since they kept the same exact name. <laughs> the original but no they announced it was a direct sequel to the original and people were like so you gave the sequel the exact same name as the original wow <laughs> so that's how we have three films in the same franchise named halloween <laughs> i can't this is too mind-bending <laughs> in this timeline Lori is not michael's sister and michael has only gone on one on one killing spree as well as his older sister that the whole, like, what, I guess the whole franchise goes off of. That's the inciting incident that made him who he is. So, here are my thoughts on this reboot that nobody asked for, but I'm going to give it to you anyways. <laughs> here you go. <laughs> Take it. Yeah, Halloween 2018. Very fun. Nostalgic. You know, another slasher movie. And that's really all I have to say about that one, because I don't remember much of it. <laughs> like, nothing fantastic about it that stuck with me. However, and also a spoiler warning, if you haven't seen Halloween Kills, I'm going to spoil the ending, but I really enjoyed this one. You know, other than the original movie kind of hinting at Michael being more than just a human being, and then the rest of the movies just completely ignore that, and he's just a man who survives all of this nonsense, <laughs> this Halloween Kills movie kind of cements that he's not a human and is like a something higher for me, at least, it's like they haven't confirmed it. it yet. You're making me remember this movie. He's like, I am other. I forget what movie it was. And everyone's like, that's what you got? All of this movie led to I am other? I'm not sure what that one is. Uh, it's going to kill me. Somebody tell me what movie that was. Well, in this movie, Michael gets his ass beat up. He's shot. <laughs> stabbed multiple times i'm pretty sure and he's literally like dying on the floor <laughs> Is this and now it's like against the whole town or something yeah yeah the whole town's after him they've had enough <laughs> we've had enough <laughs> literally their their whole like catchphrase of the movie is evil dies tonight <laughs> Jeez, louise yeah so now i would think all of this would easily kill a normal human even though there have been some survival stories of some crazy situations, but after he's on the floor, literally dying, <laughs> Michael gets back up and kills at least 10 to 20 people, like nothing, so easy, literally no effort going into 
<laughs> and the way I'm describing it sounds silly and goofy, but it's actually a really badass scene. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, like the lighting is like they're backlit, so it's mainly just silhouettes. And, you know, it made my horror movie loving heart super happy. <laughs> and <laughs> and there's a similar scene to this one earlier in the movie. And there's a uh, behind the scenes clip from the rehearsal and it's really cool so we have the links to the rehearsal and then the actual scene from the movie if you're interested to see Ooh. Mm -hmm. other than that it's okay (laughs) it's your stereotypical slasher anyways like to wrap the halloween segment up i'm looking forward to what they do with halloween ends but i'm not gonna get my hopes up too high i don't at this point i really don't see what they could do to elevate (laughs) this so you know and same goes for the next franchise who's following in halloween's footsteps Mm. texas chainsaw massacre yeah they can't really they're they had a hard time and they're like maybe we shouldn't (laughs) well texas chainsaw massacre is coming back this year and Ah! they're jumping on the bandwagon yeah they're jumping on the bandwagon with halloween by making it a direct sequel to 1974's original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. (laughs) Okay, so they're not going to give us the Matthew McConaughey again. Got it. No. (laughs) (laughs) So this franchise is no stranger to reboots, and it even had a remake in 2003 with the prequel, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. And at some point, they did the same exact thing that you said about Scream, where they just added the in front of it. They tried really hard there. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, so the beginning came out in 2006. Another sequel to that came out in 2013 called Texas Chainsaw 3D. So they took out Massacre and Mm. added 3D. (laughs) And the latest was another prequel called Leatherface. And it's safe to say their experience with franchise reboots. The main issue that these movies have is that Leatherface isn't really scary enough and can actually kind of be seen as goofy, especially in the second. Uh, uh, not the new reboot, but the original second sequel. <laughs> He's kind of goofy. Like, his whole family's kind of goofy in that one. <laughs> <laughs> one of the writers, Fede Alvarez, who directed the Evil Dead reboot, as well as Don't Breathe. Also, if you want a fun drinking game, rewatch this and drink every time I say reboot. <laughs> <laughs> This gives fans hopes that the sequel will actually make him a a more scary slasher since the guy was able to make a simple movie scary and suspenseful. I'm talking about Don't Breathe. It's pretty good. Mm. And so not to make Feta nervous or anything, but the fans are really counting on you guys to make this the best one yet. <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> so Feta does seem to be handling this very carefully in a good way. He says... When I say direct sequel, I wouldn't say it skips everything. When movies do that, sometimes it feels a bit disrespectful to all of the other films. Some people love Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or not Massacre, just Texas, <laughs> Texas, Texas, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw 2. I love a lot of things about that movie. It's so wacky and of its time. But the rest is such a mess, canon-wise. I think it's up to you to decide when and how the events of the other movies happen. What? (laughs) (laughs) So, I really like that he said this, and it seems like he's trying to honor the franchise as a whole, rather than, like, be the come-in-and-save-the-day type of attitude. Mm. And it's also funny that he also calls them out, like, yeah, it's a good franchise, 
They're not perfect, but but now we're here. (laughs) So I will 100% be giving it a watch. And if you don't catch yourself going to the movies often, like Jess, no worries. This movie is coming to Netflix on February 18th. So you can watch it at home. Great. (laughs) (sighs) All these franchises making a comeback. You know what I haven't seen in a while, though? Jason Voorhees. Like, where is he? (laughs) The last we've seen of him was back in 2009 with the reboot with the beautiful Jared Padalecki. The beautiful. (laughs) However, before then, the original came out in 1980 and had another nine movies and one where he encounters Freddy (laughs) Krueger. That one was so fun. I, that's one of my favorite movies. (laughs) I love how bad it is. (laughs) And then Freddy's just like petty the whole time. Those are (laughs) mine. children yeah he's like you know i'm gonna play jason and i mean he does he does he does for a little bit yeah yes well in 2016 victor miller who wrote the original film screenplay filed a lawsuit against cunningham and his production company horror incorporated it horror inc in 2016 to join control of the franchise uh cunningham is one of the original producers and yeah, production. It's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> so to make this six to seven year lawsuit short, Cunningham appealed Miller's victory back in 2018 and was settled last year in 2021. Miller has retained the domestic rights to the screenplay. However, despite the win, production on any project still stalls while the relevant parties work on a resolution. And last year, Jason Blum the CEO of Blumhouse, actually said he'd love to reboot the Friday franchise as a movie, and there was talks of a possible TV show, but as far as I was able to find out, and now that I know the production for the franchise is stalled, I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon. Ah, boo. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) Okay, although I love talking slashers and horrors, it's time to move on from it for the episode. (laughs) It's January, and while I was in school, I learned about the January dead zone. When she brought this not... up, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? <laughs> if you're not familiar with the concept, it's basically the time of year when studios release the movies they have that they think might not do so hot at the box office, which is partly why I don't want to get my hopes up for screen. <laughs> I was going to make the joke. So it's a tax write-off? <laughs> essentially (laughs) don't get me wrong i'm not saying that all movies released in january are bad because there have been more than a few good movies that come out in january such as taken cloverfield from dusk till dawn split uh paddington one and two which i've never seen but i know a lot of people like them and i can't see why (laughs) it's like it's a bear but i don't know i haven't seen it and also the gray now, I got all these off of a list, so I haven't even seen all these to confirm if it's true or not. <laughs> so, if you guys like them, then. <laughs> and though crude, this is from an article that I learned something new. Mm. Though crude, it's a pretty accurate way to describe how Hollywood views the first month of the year. Dump months are time periods where film studios release their worst movies, wow. and they're almost always January. From a marketing and finance perspective, it makes perfect sense. So I was like, that's interesting. Why Why would they like, Why? what's so special about January, pretty much? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and I found out that the reasons for the dump months is one, holiday burnout. And that's pretty self-explanatory. People are tired of being out, shopping, and spending money. <laughs> so <laughs> they want to they take a break from that. And also, you want to spend time with your family for the most part. Next up is people are just staying at home. So it's the winter months. And for those who live in a place that actually has seasons, <laughs> it's not likely that you'll drive in a winter storm to make it for opening weekend for any movie. <laughs> That's fair. <sighs> yeah. And also people, again, they don't want to be spending more money after the holidays. <laughs> January is like resolutions are hot. You don't want to spend as much money. You got to cut out what you can. And movies tend to be one of those things. Especially because they're like $20 now. Yeah. 25 now. Yeah. And if you want to get concessions, that's at least like 50 bucks for two. By the way, <laughs> I have a meme ready for you guys this week about that. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, I have the award season dead zone. If a studio waits to release a potential Oscar contender until January, it will be out of the running until the following year. And that means it will often be forgotten as a new crop of hopefuls hit theaters over the next 12 months. So, yeah, that also makes sense. If you're releasing it in January and award season, that it's uh, able to go into isn't until the next, next January, February. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely going to get forgotten. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a good choice. But it all makes sense now. <laughs> to me, at least. <laughs> All right. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk about the January dead zone <laughs> slash dump months. <laughs> so next time, <laughs> so next time you get excited for a movie set to come out in January, just remember to think twice. <laughs> just kidding. Or Maybe. give them a chat or go watch it twice. I don't know. You may be helping. Go watch it out. twice. Bump up their sales. There you go. <laughs> All right, you guys. I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. It was really, really fun and spooky. Kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, dude, I did not know. Poor January. Poor, poor yeah. January film. Also, yeah. last month when anyone contended Nightmare Alley, I'm talking to you. And what was the <laughs> other one? Oh, The Matrix. Ooh. I'm talking to all of yeah. you. At the same time that Spider-Man came out, y'all. That was not wise. Um, but yeah, anyway, that wraps us for today's episode, you guys. And as always, we leave you with the final burning question. <laughs> and today's final question is, what's your favorite scary movie? Mm -hmm. I feel like my voice is like not in a great place, so I could potentially get that deep. Let's see. Yeah, you could do the ghost face. <laughs> what's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> Did I do it? It know. sounded it sounded good. It also sounded like an older woman. <laughs> Man. Anyway. We'll see. Let us know what you guys think. <laughs> <laughs> and surprise, we have another interview coming to Patreon at the end of this week with Gabby Mendoza. She'll be mm -hmm. talking about her love for scary movies. She is a scary movie aficionada. I would say so. She started me on my horror movie journey. <laughs> well, guys, thank you all so much for listening. If you'd like to follow our podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can subscribe to our Patreon, all under at Talks and Sips. For our personal accounts, mine is at sassy.nziso. I am at jfox with two X's and two underscores. We also have our website, ToxinSips.com, where you can check out the links for all of our episodes, this one included as well, if you want to fact check us. And that all being said, we have been Toxin Sips, and we will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>